0: He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now.
1: Better safe than sorry leads to, we don't take one-nighters. We don't take locals. We don't take last minute. You know what? We also don't take booking.com.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? And so it's a strategy for hopefully avoiding some levels of parties and rule compliance and potentially even fraud, but you're a business. So the better safe than sorry strategy is not necessarily the best financial decision for you. And so what we're trying to do is help our clients remove booking restrictions and trust the actual objective screening process, because really somebody who's booking booking last minute and is local could be my parents that went to the opera and they just want to stay downtown for the night. And by all means, you should take their money. Right. So local last minute one nighter is not always a problem. You just need them properly screened and you don't need your after hour staff to that might not even be local to scramble last minute and figure out and make a judgment call on whether they should or shouldn't send in the check-in instructions. Welcome to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast where we discuss all things hospitality, hotels, and business. You can find us online at slicktalkthepodcast.com and on every podcast listening platform.
0: In hotels and vacation rentals, the top complaints or issues are noise, garbage, and parking. I may not be able to solve all of your parking and garbage problems, but I could definitely help with your noise problems. And that actually might just help your garbage and parking problems too. So NoiseAware is the only 100% privacy safe noise monitoring solution that property managers and owners can use in order to ensure they avoid parties and other issues happening at their property. You won't get notified when a plate breaks, but if you have a little quiet get together that kind of gets out of hand like this, The Noise Aware will give you the peace of mind to ensure that you, and your property, and of course, your profits, are protected. So use my code SlickTalk twenty to get twenty percent off of all noise monitoring devices, and focus on the other important things that help you run your business. Now, thank you for checking out Slick Talk the Hospitality Podcast. Get back to the episode. Don't forget to check out Noise Aware while you're listening. Hey everybody! If you're wondering why you're getting another bonus episode, is because this episode is very special. Exactly one year ago today, September 30th, 2020, Anton Zibbelberg, the co-founder of AutoHost, was on SlickTalk, and unfortunately, a couple days later, after he and I recorded our episode together, he unexpectedly passed away. And it just felt right to have Ella, his wife, and also co-founder of AutoHost to be on the show and to showcase everything that they've done in this last year and how his passion and drive for this industry continues to live on today through Ella, the team at AutoHost, and everybody that was involved in their life and their journey. So if you haven't listened to Anton's episode, go tune in. The link is in the show notes and such an amazing episode. He's such a he was so passionate and I just loved the episode that we had together. So I hope you guys enjoy it too. And now I hope you guys enjoy this episode with Ella. Dive in, enjoy, like, and subscribe, everything to Autohost. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out and give your support to the Autohost team. They're doing such amazing things. And I hope you guys enjoy this episode. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Slick Talk. And this is a really exciting episode just because, um, Ella, you are a person that's close to my heart. Uh, Autohost has been uh, something I've just been watching after having our episode with Anton on the show. And uh, it's just been incredible to watch you guys really just skyrocket. So uh, I'm really excited for this episode. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today, my friend?
1: I'm good. Thank you for having me. This uh, this is exciting and, uh, and very touching too. So that's uh, great to be here.
0: Awesome. Well, kind of give us a, a little bit of a story background. Um, again, I know we have had AutoHost featured on the show before. Um, you have a wild story getting into the industry of short-term rentals and vacation rentals. Um, so maybe give us a quick recap and then we'll jump into where you guys are today with AutoHost and what you guys have built and why it's super important for operators and for the rest of the industry.
1: Sure. I'll, I can start with like, you know, history in a nutshell, and then you stop me and lead the way. You got it. Um, so, so, so we started, I mean, we started very typical to a tech startup in the space. We started being the actual, you know, property management company. So um, Anton and I, Anton, Anton Anto was my husband. I, I guess I can just start with that for whoever didn't listen, um, just to get any elephants out of the room. Anton, um, Anton unfortunately passed away last year which was very unexpected and a big shock to, to everyone. Um, and then that's kind of where we're at. So, I mean, I'm, I'm going through a personal journey. Our team is going through that. And that's a, a lifelong one, but kind of in parallel to that, you know, life goes on and Autohost grows, which is exciting. So I guess uh, Anton, in general, is really not ever a taboo topic. And mm. he'll come up a lot in the conversation and the history sure. of how everything is started uh, revolves a lot around him as well. So that's kind of that's, uh, that's that. Um, so Anto and I um, very much in a nutshell used to travel a lot, had a marketing agency, and that kind of led us to rent out our place. Um, marketing background helped. So we ended up transitioning that amateur rental into a short term rental management company here in Toronto. Um, at the peak, we had a little over 100 properties under management. Kind of a mix of uh, some uh, re-rents, master leases, some management clients, and uh, and so on. So, coming from digital marketing and tech background, we very early on recognized that in order for us to grow and scale, we can either hire a lot of junior people or start automating things. And we realized that hiring people as much as I love people, um, can get really expensive first of all. And then also when you get a little bit bigger, you're losing the element of consistency, having systematic processes, and that can be true for anything. I mean, booking your cleanings and your check-in process and sending out messages. I mean, I, I used to be the one that copy paste the whole, thank you for booking. We're excited to have you. Yeah. Um, yeah. so way before auto messages and so on. So so that's kind of how we got started and recognized the need for technology. So we, were, we embraced a lot of the early tech tools in the space, price management, PMS, um, uh, some other automation stuff, uh, looking into data and those types of things. And then, and then at the same time, we're all also finding gaps of what are we going to build in-house? Um, also as a side story, so my, my co-founder and the uh, CEO, Roy Firestein is a good friend. And so in early days of Quickstay, which was a property management company, Roy really jumped on board helping us automate a bunch of things. It was a weekend project um, and it was a little bit of a mix of from the bottom of you know of his heart to help. But also there was also always this kind of agreement that, you know what? When we get the right tool in, let's turn it into software. There's customers way bigger than us. So there was always like a vision of let's solve problems in the space. And one day we want to be a tech startup. Um, it was just until the right place at the right time that we realized that of all the automation tools we were building, um, some things were just not easy to sell. I mean, booking your cleaning and replacing your Excel sheet. We had a great process internally, but it's just not sexy. We weren't able to make it, you know, let's, let's make it grow and blow up. So that didn't fly. We had, I mean, we automated buzzer entry, so we don't Mm -hmm. have to click six or nine when people call in. So lots of little tweaks and things, but none of it really, um, None of it was really enough to be a standalone until that. that is part that I guess uh worth checking out Anton's episode uh, last year, because he went a little bit deeper into what really happened. But let's just say shit hit the fan. Can I say that? <laughs> yeah, definitely. And so we had, it, it, it kind of got to from parties and vandalism and rule compliance. We unfortunately, as we grew and started taking direct bookings, were actually targeted with with fraud and with a local gang and they were booking listings with stolen credit cards. And it was actually quite sophisticated because they started booking back in September when we traced it back and then everything exploded in Christmas, which means that throughout that entire period, we lost a little over 25K, which is a lot of money yeah. and could have been way worse. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of where that's where that flag came in of, you know what, we need to go next level. So I guess rewinding a little bit, in that period of us growing and us developing lots of automation tools, one of the tools was screening, but it was very basic screening. we were hoping to replace the back and forth that our guest communication team was having with a more automated flow and also help them screen better. So for example, if we're afraid of parties, then somebody who's a local guest and booking for a one night or a last minute on a weekend, they can get you know, the bold capital letters of no parties allowed, you will get kicked out. Whereas a lovely couple coming in to visit, you know, their daughter in university for a week from, and they're coming in from Europe. You don't need to threaten them that if it's too loud, you'll kick them out. Or you don't need to tell them that they're not allowed to have guests over because their daughter is going to come over. Yeah. And so these are anecdotal and it sounds funny, but that's kind of where as you grow and as your team of agents grows, it's harder and harder to really have gut feeling be a factor. And you want to make things systematic. So we brought in things like screening processes to know What do we consider risky? How do we rate reservations and so on? Um, And and that was one of the tools we were using. But the fraud that I was talking about, that's next level. So where my team could probably spot that a local booking for a one night for a quote unquote anniversary and they're booking a four bedroom penthouse is lying, but it's really hard to know when real fraud is lying because the story is going to check out and the story sounds um, sounds right. And the fake ID they're using has a lovely picture of a middle-aged lady or a business guy that is traveling. And therefore, my agents that are focused on guest experience are no longer qualified to to, to really deal with that. So that's where um, Roy comes into the picture again, that uh, aside from just being I- incredible with everything to do development, he actually comes from the cybersecurity space, which was never even a consideration to use that knowledge of his to help Quickstay because it was unrelated. And, and when this happened, we said, okay, guys, we need to kind of marry these two worlds. So we have experience in the hospitality and SGR space that general you know, tech companies don't. And the cybersecurity space is something that we don't have here. And so what we built is we really took it to the next level and we said, okay, It needs to go way beyond just validating stories. We need real IDs. We need to scan them. We need to have facial recognition. We need to make sure that the credit card checks out. Even if it's, you know, a reservation where your payment is guaranteed, it might not be the actual person booking. There's also the really important element that behind a fraudulent reservation isn't just, you know, Ella going out with a girlfriend and booking a place, but I don't want to pay out of pocket. Behind a fraudulent reservation, there's some sketchy or illegal activity going on. It could be escort services. It could be sex trafficking. It could be money laundering or gangs or drug smuggling or, or or dealing or whatever that may be. So other than the fact that things can really explode on you, you also have the, I mean, moral is on one edge of it, but I mean, social responsibility and legal responsibility, and there's a lot of crap that can go, that can go wrong. And so that's really when Autohost took that big jump and we realized that what we built internally can serve companies way, way bigger than us. And when we started talking to clients in the space, we really understood that they need this yesterday. So whereas a small operator, I tell them horror stories about Toronto police calling me and telling me that Mm -hmm. we have known gang members posting on Instagram with automatic weapons, or we uncovered a sex trafficking or a whole scheme then small operators would, you know, go, oh my God, that's terrifying. Whereas large operators would nod and say, yep, I know that sucks. Eh? Yeah. And so, and we just realized that just like in retail, you have in your financial statements, you have a line item dedicated to theft. It's almost like hospitality. And that includes traditional hotels as well. They just have a line item dedicated to fraud and chargebacks. And, and that's a problem. So I guess that's kind of where we're at today. So AutoHost is is a guest screening platform, a very robust one. Um, On the one hand, we focus on the guest experience a lot. You just told me that you had a chance to click around and play with it. So we really care what does your guest see. And for the guest not to feel like they're being interrogated because you're in the business of hospitality. We're in the business of trust and safety, but you're in the business of hospitality. So we need the guest to feel like they're going through a very, Respectable check-in process flow, and to be fair, the majority of guests are good guests. Mm-hmm. So what we need is information collected. We need to kind of unravel that black box that is the guest and get all their info. And then for the small percentage of reservations where real issues, anywhere from just rule compliance, party smoking, and then all the way to to fraud and everything that in, involve is involved in that category, that's where we really come in and and we help automate that process of helping you screen a hundred percent of your guests and, you know, no longer have the owner use their gut feeling, but rather everybody goes through a consistent and systematic process. You as the operator can focus on growing, scaling your business. You're in hospitality. We're in trust and safety. And that's really where the, the piece of the puzzle that that we want to, that, that we fill up.
0: No, hundred percent. And I, there, I, one of my notes, I was like, as you're going on, I just had bullet point after bullet point after bullet point that you're hitting but the biggest part about it i don't think a lot of people even realize that what you guys have built is that this is something that's not just to prevent fraud and you know safety on this whole side of the customer the operator but really you're focusing like doing this and getting this stuff caught like capturing this type of uh, activity is not just protecting the operator, but it's really protecting the neighborhood is protecting the, where you're building or is being operated in, uh, your community, your, your neighborhood, uh, your building as a whole, like all this is super important because there's so many, especially during COVID, um, you know, regulations and bans coming into play that are involved because operators don't know who's really in their house. They don't know who's in the apartment. So
1: I love that you said it this way. Yeah. So, you know, it's funny. So, there, I mean, obviously we're still in an industry that's growing and fighting for its legitimacy. For sure. And, and I love this industry and I'm a big advocate and we're going to keep making it grow and, you know, merge with traditional hospitality. But I think that that's, that's exactly it. So the more the STR space um, that is fighting for its right and legitimacy and, and trying to adhere to some standards, you have the amazing team at Red Responsibly that are doing whatever they can yeah. with local chapters. And so I think that overall the biggest argument against STR and it's a very close-minded one but it's it's a scary one mm-hmm. people would use the argument well you don't know who's walking through that door mm-hmm. now that sentence doesn't say anything per se except for the fear of the unknown mm-hmm. and so even though I can you know I can mock it all I want there's element of truth to it that if you don't know it could be good but it could be bad And that's another part of it. So the reason why we're going with the whole, you know, if in the finance world and the real estate world, you have the concept of KYC, know your client. That's both for purposes of your trust, your security, but also to serve your customer better. Then we're kind of saying, why is hospitality any different? And we're saying you should know your guest. So even the average guest that is well-behaved, you should have information of knowing who walks through that door. Mm So be it protecting your neighborhood and your Environment and your business—that's that, exactly it. The argument of you don't know who's going in—that's what we're changing. You're now collecting information responsibly. By the way, we can actually touch on uh, in a bit on the other side of it of you know how do we make this fair and how how do we want to protect guests and make everything really objective. But but that's exactly it. Use the operator. It's not just a, a transaction. You don't walk into a store, buy a hat, and walk out. Mm-hmm. Somebody rents out your space. Somebody's going to be there for three days or three weeks. And you need to have information about them in case something happens. And to be fair, even to de-risk whatever could happen, because mm-hmm. even Will, let's pick on you for a second, <laughs> I'm sure there's a difference between Will booking a business trip for four days and Will booking a bachelor party with six friends. Yeah. And so your information, on, you, you're not a fraudulent reservation. You're going to pay for it, but you still need a different type of screening and doing materials security deposit on file all of these things to make sure that the operator is de-risking any potential for incidents
0: for sure well I love that too and I'm kind of curious as a forefront question that just kind of comes to my head you know operations is it's wild it's never ending like for, especially in this business we're 24/ 7 the operation flow is hard and heavy do you think the reason that's the reason why Stuff like guest screening and the reason why fraud and all this other stuff became a line item is because all right, we're already operating and moving at a thousand miles a minute. Uh, we don't have the time to slow down and really focus on this issue, so we're just gonna kind of create like, oh yeah, we're we're putting this line item here. We're 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 thinking about fraud and and safety, but at the end of the day, we we really haven't. Like let's let's face it, we haven't really addressed it. There's again, I was a hotel GM. I saw the amount of chargebacks that we got. I saw the amount of. Uh, exactly. Yeah, fraudulent stuff. So like that, it's there, but we're really not doing anything. So do you think that's the reason why there's been hesitation for someone like auto host or you guys to come in and, and really take care of this?
1: So I think it's a mix of what you said about they don't have the time or the resources or the capacity. And then the other side of it is they don't necessarily have the ability to because yeah somebody at a front desk, and I guess now, now we're talking traditional hotels, but yeah. still somebody at a front desk is trained to look at an ID, look at a person and then make a judgment call of, does that person look sketchy? Yeah. And, and unfortunately, sketchy should not, or, or not unfortunately, but, but sketchy is, first of all, very, very personal judgment and yes. very subjective. Yeah. And sketchy shouldn't be the indicator. More than that, Sophisticated fraud will not send somebody sketchy no. sophisticated fraud will have somebody in a business suit or you know uh, a guy who's there with his quote unquote daughter mm-hmm. um, booking a room and and then using that room for whatever purpose, the credit card will check out either because it either wasn't reported stolen yet or they made sure that the ID matches and so sophisticated fraud will actually go in there so to answer your question. I think that they weren't necessarily able to. And then you also have the element of the more you screen, the more supposedly money you leave on the table. Mm -hmm. So maybe there's a sentiment that, you know what, let's do the bare minimum, let everything come through. And a little bit of ignorance won't hurt anybody. Mm -hmm. And I mean, if something goes on there, but they didn't trash the place, we still made some money. And so I think that ignorance is a big part of it. Um, probably shaking off responsibility, yeah. Um, especially larger operators. That's really where you're getting to be at resource level where you can be dealing with it, um, and you should. So, so, so a mix of all of these things. And also, to be fair, I mean, auto host didn't exist before. Now it yeah, does.
0: Exactly. No, I love that tie in at the end. Um, well, you kind of mentioned on the the privacy side. Like, how do you? What do you guys? How do you? How are you able to even create something? that is able to do facial recognition and and verifying like this ID isn't just stolen and grabbed off the street. Like how do you guys, where do you get your source of accuracy for, for you guys to give that a plus or that F uh, to a guest that might be booking?
1: Okay, so, so first of all, in terms of technology and how can we do that, yeah. um, I hope Roy doesn't listen to this, but did I mention he's a genius? Yeah. And so our dev team, in that sense, that's my quickest answer. So a lot of the technology is actually built in-house okay. um, because of security background. And so facial recognition actually is really big because you could use somebody else's you know, or stolen ID, but it won't match your face, or you can alter the ID, but then we'll spot it. So that's where technology and we call them objective data points. I think that's another really big part of what we do and where we also kind of aim to protect the guest. Because let's talk about the average operator that is growing and actually recognizes that they should do guest screening. I call it pseudo screening, and I will state that that's better than nothing. Mm-hmm. So if you're not doing anything, do pseudo screening ask questions, do the friction annoying back and forth, get them to agree to stuff, collect some information, have things on file. The problem as you grow, A, you have the friction of booking and you want to provide a good guest experience, but also B, you're then doing a lot of things that could be non-objective, also illegal. So I know operators that big companies that would have agents dial on the phone and record client credit cards, including CVC number, including everything, just write it down. And the writing it down was considered the safety process. You have companies, very big ones, that are asking for IDs to be emailed. You can't keep an ID in your email. It's 2021. Yeah,
0: that's so illegal.
1: (laughs) You can't do that. And so there's also elements of the way we transition the process to be, you know, secure and systematic, we also take away that liability that you put on your staff to make those judgment calls, to collect that ID, to write something that you shouldn't be, to put yourself at actual risk. Mm -hmm. Small operators might not get, you know, police knocking down their door, although you're not allowed to collect IDs and keep them unsecure. So that's also from a tech tool perspective, that's something that we provide. An operator can, that is using auto host basically says, everybody goes through auto host process, And then Autohost looks at objective data points. So for us, we don't care if the picture looks sketchy. And to be honest, as far as we're concerned down the line, we're going to be doing whatever we can to remove the visibility of personal information and just stick to the tests. Mm. I'll say more than that, our largest clients are driving that. So they're demanding that they want to be making objective decisions. They're happy with Autohost. They don't need their team to look at a photo. Let's talk about selfie photos for a second. You don't know what they're wearing. You don't know what they took a picture of. It can be a cat or a plant or anything else. You don't know if it's somebody that would be of a certain minority. And so all of these things, we care about the actual objective data points. We care about their locality. We care about their IP address. We want to know whether there's any actual attempt to mask their digital identity. Mm. We want to know if their ID is fake, if their phone number is a burner number. We look, we take all of these data points and we will spit out that decision of, you know what, this guest, as far as we're concerned to our professional ability to assess this is good to go. And that's going to be a hundred times better than a team of agents that goes by gut feeling can make a decision.
0: There's so much more into it than I ever expected. Like the IP addresses and the way you guys configure all of this data that is very unbiased in the sense of, like you said, sketchy or gut feeling. Um, I remember, I think you guys talked about, you know, databases, you know, uh, sex trafficking databases, um, uh, criminal databases, all that stuff. Uh, what's that on the privacy side? I know there's a lot of, um, it's. you guys aren't not just doing something for the operator, but on the back end, you're probably dealing with a lot of either government or corporate, uh, I don't even know how to describe it, whatever those entities are uh, that, that basically are allowed to have that information. Uh, right. Is that another full-time job in itself when it comes to auto Host and what you guys have built? It just sounds like a lot of stuff.
1: <laughs> we, we wear a lot of hats. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's true. All of that is in the background. So when we talk about the data points that go into our decision and the algorithm, I mean, you have, let's say, tens of factors and then the covariances between them and risk weights and so on for us to kind of make an assessment, what is an important factor and what isn't. So for example, if I said that, you know, it's a last minute booking, the average operator would consider that risky. But if I tell you that it's an average booking and the credit card, for example, is just a debit or a bounce for insufficient funds, that combination is really sketchy Mm. and and noticeable and, and worth noting. Because... Just insufficient funds without a last minute, any combination of those could be an innocent mistake or you could ask the guest to to resubmit yeah. so so yeah, all of these different data points some of them are obviously I mean some of them are internal we 're creating our system some of them we're using tools and, and whatever's available out there some of it is public information in the states you have a lot more information about people's um, so any convictions no fly list sex trafficking terrorist watch list um, money laundering actually that's a big request for our south american clients so they really care to know that the money that is used to you know pay for the reservation isn't money laundering because i guess other activity could be taken there so that's also interesting that regionally we're discovering what operators care about um but yeah
0: Hey, I hope you guys are enjoying this episode, and I wanted to drop in quickly to let you know that our partners at Jetstream have some of the best-in-class technology that sits at the heart of the guest experience with a focus on generating revenue for your property assets. With their platform, your property gets the best-in-class tech and integrations to remote access, guest screening, booking protection, and payment processing. Better yet, their team does all of the hard work of 24-7 guest communication and content creation. So go ahead, click the link in the show notes so you can jump on board today and take advantage of their professional hospitality team. Now we're back to the episode. Well, now that you're mentioning regions, I'm curious to know, and I I don't expect you to know off the back of your hand, but I'm curious for the U.S., uh, what is the biggest like on your guys' professional side, not the gut feeling, not the sketchy picture but what's the real biggest like red flags that give off in the US for either uh, fraudulent sex trafficking, terrorist watch lists, all this stuff? Like how do you what's the biggest indicator that's come through AutoHost that you guys have, have kind of red flagged?
1: So um well, I mean, no no fly list, terrorist list, yeah. I guess that that's extreme. Um for for real fraud, it's actually our fraud system that is able to flag stuff because so sophisticated fraud. And I encourage you to have Roy on at some point to dive deep into the geeky tech stuff that is really impressive and really scary. But sophisticated fraud is not going to be Will sitting at his house and logging on Chrome and booking a place. Mm. So the sophisticated fraud that uses stolen credit cards, and and by the way, a stolen credit card is also not somebody was at a gas station and they pulled the wallet out of your pocket. It's databases that are sold and then used up. And then the people that will actually be entering the place are are not the masterminds behind the actual scheme of stealing it. So the point is that all of those bookings are actually done in a quite a sophisticated way. And what we're able to spot is something sketchy about the system. So something noteworthy to flag. It could be that the person is trying to mask their identity or they have some whatever ports or software is open on their computer to, to prevent something from being the signature being tracked, Mm. or you could be pretending that you're in Miami, but you're actually booking this from somewhere in, you know, Eastern Europe or whatever that may be. We're actually for some of the serious fraud, we're spotting those types of discrepancies. And then when you match that with data points, like, Oh, but the guest said they're from Chicago or they said they're from here. And, but their phone number is a, is a burner number and something else checked out and, The first two credit cards were reported, you know, declined, but the third one went through. Mm -hmm. And then I've gone next level, our system. So we do collect data. We don't share it with clients across accounts, but we can detect, for example, that a fraudulent reservation was using the same credit card in two different properties, for example. And we've had that happen. We had a client that had a property in Chicago and one in Miami. Both were booked by the same person with the same credit card. Different names were used in the ID. And that person was in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. the morning of check-in. So even that type of triangulating and just figuring out something about this story doesn't make sense, a human won't be able to spot it. So this really goes back to our algorithm. algorithms at the back end would flag something. Having said that, once fraud flags it, you're going to start seeing discrepancies in the story and holes in the hey, the name on the ID didn't match something or they didn't have a credit card fail or why are they booking this last minute? Or So it's so definitely a judgment call. Yeah. We're not yeah. getting rid of humans. But a really, really important part that we're saying is that as you grow, let's say you have a thousand reservations to process, then instead of having your junior team review a thousand reservations and try to be human lie detectors, we're basically saying 800 and I don't know, 93 reservations are completely good to go. You've de-risked what you need. You had them respond to everything. You have their details on file. They're, they're okay to proceed. And then we need your team to review the remaining 107. What was it? <laughs> um, right. Like We need your human eyes on that smaller number of reservations to come and make a judgment call analyze it, see what's going on, and then decide. And then you can pick up the phone. You can give them a call. You can arrange for an in-person check-in. If you have a reservation for a 1000 bucks, by no means do we say cancel it. But we're saying we will flag which ones require extra precaution Mm -hmm. so that you don't leave money on the table. That part's actually really important. So I was talking about pseudo-screening. But another strategy that works, by all means, is the better safe than sorry strategy also good slogan, but better safe than sorry leads to, we don't take one nighters. We don't take locals. We don't take last minute. You know what? We also don't take booking.com. Yeah. Right. And so it's a strategy for hopefully avoiding some levels of parties and rule compliance and potentially even fraud, but you're a business. So the better safe than sorry strategy is not necessarily the best financial decision for you. And so, what we're trying to do is help our clients remove booking restrictions and trust the actual objective screening process. Because really somebody who's booking booking last minute and is local could be my parents that went to the opera and they just want to stay downtown for the night. Yeah. And by all means, yeah. you should take their money, right? So local last minute one-nighter is not always a problem. You just need them properly screened and you don't need your after-hour staff that might not even be local. To scramble last minute and figure out and make a judgment call on whether they should or shouldn't send in the check in instructions. That's something that we hope to take care of. And therefore, you know, users can really focus on increasing their bottom line. Yeah.
0: Well, I think for us, like definitely on the, it depends on the inventory too. I think the multifamily sector where you have like an apartment building or you have multiple units in, inside one uh, conjunction of, I, I, maybe even just a better word is collection of, of properties or units. Um, you know, those are, more susceptible uh, to normal, like you said, like your parents going out to the opera. They didn't want to, you know, actually take an Uber. They maybe went out and had dinner and drinks and they're just enjoying downtown nightlife Um, versus like the single family homes where they're bigger. They are more susceptible to a lot more people, which is a great way for parties, Um, parking, going into the neighbors. And, you know, you're more of a in a quiet neighborhood. They're not used to all the foot traffic. Uh, so booking restrictions like are a lot of operators think oh it's a way to maximize revenue. Um, yeah, true. You can get a you know minimum like the stay of two nights, have a booking window that's you know fifteen to twenty four hours instead of last minute. Does genuinely help, but at the end of the day, like you said, like the red flags of, um, last minute, uh, very one night stay all that goes into it because and booking.com like no offense to anyone that's listening to this and it's probably with booking.com but as a hotel guy originally that was where we had the worst issues happen from was from that side um so i but they're huge huge
1: and you can't and shouldn't afford not using them One hundred percent, you should just- You should just be ready to do your own screening. And that's exactly it. Booking.com is an incredible business because their focus is reservations Mm -hmm. and they're trying to maximize those. Not to say they're hoping for malicious and fraudulent bookings, but it's just not, they don't see it as part of their responsibility to to be protecting you from that because they're getting all of the bookers and the system. So you need to be on Mm booking.com. So, so it's true. I, I will say, though, it's not like I'm saying nobody should ever have yeah. any booking restrictions. 100%. So you 100%. take the baseline of what Autohost offers, and then different operators have different risk tolerances. For sure. And you do need to decide. I mean, some properties just, I mean, by definition, can't allow one-night stages because it's a huge villa. It doesn't make sense. Cleaning it costs $500. There's yeah. no point booking it for one night. Yeah. So by all means, you can have your own booking restrictions, and you know we work with each each client on their own fine tuning what their package looks like. But if your are booking restrictions are just because you feel like you can't handle the safety and you want to be better safe than sorry, that's where we come in and we can try to help.
0: For sure. And kind of, you know, thinking about it as an operator mindset right now, you know, we use like Stripe for our payment processing. Does a payment processor, whether it's Stripe or, um, who knows whatever else are out there. Does that have anything to do with how you guys process your data? Is that um, like is there a one that's better than the other that you guys trust more because of the data is more accurate and all that other stuff? Or is there I don't know, that's a whole new side for for me. You
1: know? So so for payment processing, for payment validation, for security deposits, we actually also use stripe. We use okay. the the client stripe accounts and we and we do use some of the feedback that comes in from the Stripe system. And again, that just comes in as one of the inputs. So, for example, a stolen credit card might not yet be reported stolen. Mm-hmm. And professional fraud will know to use a stolen credit card in the first three days because the person might have not yet reported it stolen. Or if it wasn't the physical card that was stolen, you might not be aware of it just yet. So we also use Stripe, and by all means, you should. You shouldn't be collecting cash at the door. Um, but, but again, the, the more nothing is bulletproof, right? So the more precautions, the better. The more levels of defense you have, the more likely you are to be able to continue with autonomy, growing your business without having to watch like a hawk, every property that you manage. Um, If you manage five, you can do it yourself. If you manage 10, you and your best friend can do it. But once you get to 2025, you become a professional operator. That's when tech tools come into play. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to grow and keep growing, you need things running you need things scalable and you need them consistent. 100%. So that's really where
0: um, that's where technology comes in. 100%. And even like for us, we're at eight active property signs and we're full tech focused. Like this is the only way we're able to scale, even at a small operation where it doesn't take, uh, we're not running around, you know, checking people in and on the phone and text messages and emails and all this other stuff. But the uh, tools like AutoHost and having a good PMS and having a good auto, um, uh, sorry, IOT devices for the doors that, uh, have generated codes and all this other stuff like super important. Um, and I think the guest screening you
1: yourself up for success. I'm going to make yeah. a bet and say that your goal is not to stay at eight properties.
0: No, hundred. no, no
1: way. Which yeah. is exactly why. So you're starting and, and to be fair, you realize most operators are not like that. Yeah. They start amateur and they grow to be a company. For sure. And so you and, you know, fingers crossed and I'm, I'm rooting for you. You're setting yourself up from, for success because you're going to avoid that learning curve of transitioning at some point, which most companies do around, I'm going to say the 10 to 20 properties is when they realize I can't keep hiring lots of agents to do things manually, or it can't just be me and my wife and my daughter and my aunt. Um, It really becomes a, let's bring in some tools. There's costs associated with them, but the people that are forward thinking recognize that the cost that you're paying lets you grow and saves you money. So that's kind of where you're cost and benefit come into the picture.
0: Amen. I just need like a, I need like a choir song on my <laughs> little uh, little button here. Uh, well, uh, we, we kind of talk about guest experience a lot and, you know, you're bringing up these like booking restrictions. Let's talk about the the guest experience on the fr- creating a frictionless uh, virtual check-in, you know, so I, I got to experience the virtual check-in um, via auto Host, super smooth, loved it because of the mobile, the, the capability that The the, the biggest thing I think this industry, especially hotels, like I'm going to dog on hotels a little bit right now, is that they're not very mobile friendly. And I would say a good 70 to 80 percent of travelers are now 100 percent mobile. When when it's like they're either iPhone or Android, and they're on that thing constantly, and that's how they use and verify their whole travel. Uh, So you guys were very mobile friendly, loved that. So can you tell us what um, were maybe some beginning. Uh, learnings that turn into the way you guys have set it up now to be so mobile friendly and frictionless because I think a lot of people you know when it comes to screening they want so much detail and the guests you know they're they're just wanting to book they want the click click booked right the Amazon or the Airbnb uh, you know experience where it's you find the place you click it you book it and it's done you don't have to worry about it Um, so for you guys what was that process like creating this virtual check-in um, that you were able to not only get the good data that you need to verify all these sources and and this pain points uh, that operators like me don't get to see on the background for and to now letting the guest have a seamless experience where they're not like complaining a, on a, re, a a four or three star review saying it was great that we booked it but we had to do the stupid form and it was so horrible and long and it took me forever
1: right and, and the reviews are actually usually. Very much. This was so smooth and this was great. So I'll start by saying the mistakes have been made. (laughs) I mean, it didn't look like this at the beginning. Um, And it's true. I I mentioned that before. We're walking that fine line between we are in the business of trust and safety and we're your bouncer, but you are in the business of hospitality. And the majority of your guests are good guests. And you don't want to give your guests the feeling that they're being interrogated because they'll say, well, screw this. I'm going to stay somewhere else. So first of all, a really big and important part that we recognized was that it's important for the guest. And that's why we, you know, large operators we work with, they all have their brand and they all focus on their brand image. So the fact that the, even the check-in flow is very much white labeled, So they'll be booking with the operator. There'll be pictures that they saw when they booked the listing. Everything is very user-friendly. The forms, even entering your, you know, taking pictures of your ID and going through the, security deposit submission. All of that is, is pretty much things that people are used to seeing online. I, I think that, like, let's not forget, so two big factors are, you know, helping blow blow wind in, our, in the right direction, and that's the general technology advancement of any industry, and COVID. So tech is out there, and so people are used to doing a pre-check-in for a flight. Right? That played at our advantage. People are not saying, well, why the hell do you need this? This is weird. They've seen it before.
0: Yeah,
1: They know they need to do this. And they understand that by doing this in advance, and we're talking about the 90% of legitimate guests right now, they're doing this in, the, in advance. They're getting through that process so that their check-in can be quicker, easier, smoother, and so on. COVID just completely sped this up mm-hmm. because people want touchless, not just because it's convenient, but because it's safe and it's you know the health concern and the i mean from a from the guest perspective they wanted to be touchless they want to arrive any time of day they don't want to depend on a human and from the operator perspective you have the whole touchless self entry for health and safety purposes yeah. but you also have companies that had to let go of a lot of stuff. yeah and that's another thing that we saw that right now as you know some companies are fighting to survive, and some are thriving because they figured out how to revalue their tech stack, mm-hmm. reassess their expenses, and where their you know how their operations go. And they realize that if we go tech first and we automate whatever we can, yeah. And you need humans. The humans need to be there for the customer service and for for the smiling face or answering the the call if need be. But the the slickness of the process is basically something that people have come to expect yeah. and be used to. And if anything, I mean, I'll say that there there might be situations more often than we think where people are frustrated by the fact that, well, there's going to be some dude that's going to meet you at a certain place, or you're going to have to go behind the house and take three steps to the left, jump three <laughs> times, find the log box code, <laughs> solve a riddle, and then open the door, right? Yeah percent So so I think that it's kind of both sides are driving it for their own selfish purposes. And AutoHost definitely is presented as for the front facing, we're there for the guest experience. I mean, we work with, to be fair, we work with our clients also to help their sales team, you know, come together with collateral saying, hey, we're proudly partnered with AutoHost. Mm-hmm. Here's everything we're doing for guest screening. You know, now let me take on another masters So even for our customers that are increasing their um, increasing their their inventory and looking to grow, having this is just a check mark. They don't need to worry about it. We have a trusted provider. This is taken care of.
0: Well, it becomes a, a it becomes in my mind it needs to be a standard, right? And it's like the constant, like whether you're. Um, doing arbitrage model or if you're doing a management model and having someone's second vacation home or third vacation home or fifth or whatever their investment property is, uh, the common question is, Normally, if they're a good owner, they're gonna be like, how are you going to protect my asset? How are you going to verify? Like how, what kind of insurance? What type of screening are you doing? Uh, what type of rates are you going to have? Blah, blah, blah. Like they ask all these questions. It's, it's a. Uh...
1: And you get to say, I'm so glad you asked this. Exactly. And then you And then you pull out the flyer and you show them exactly what it is you're doing. Exactly. So there's both the, the image of it. So you want to come off as responsible. And then there's the bottom line. You're doing what you can to, to keep things safe. It's. Yeah. It's well, the responsible thing to do and that
0: lets you grow. Well, and I also love, like, just from your guys' virtual check-in, it really is, if people don't realize, this is really what's happening behind the scenes at a front desk at a hotel. Literally, that's what they're looking at. They're going over the same information that you're putting in, uh, but they're verifying it across your uh, photo ID and your debit or credit card that you're using. Um, but you guys really just put it into the virtual platform. That's legit, like, that was the easiest way for me to describe it because everyone's like, what do you mean virtual check-in? It's like... Literally, you know how they have a front desk where they're just looking down doing all this typing and they're not really making eye contact with these because they're pretty much just filling out this form and verifying like the that. information.
1: And then we get to remove human error from it yeah, as well.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So, I think it's super super smooth, super slick, uh, no pun intended. <laughs> uh, on that one. Uh but uh no, it's super great. I I love it. And um you know, you keep saying the you know the phrase trust and safety and hospitality. And I think that's really important because especially our sector, it's, it's, we're getting a lot of new uh, quote unquote players in the industry a lot of uh, pop-up influencers i have been calling them from like Clubhouse or um, Instagram, they're, they're really understanding like Airbnb or platforms like Airbnb have really given this home sharing, this uh, share economy, a big spotlight and they are all about the money. The money's great when you're doing it really good. Um, but I don't think they're understanding the professionalism behind it. There's a lot of operators that, uh, you know, still do that in-person check-in, which I get, but, um, you know, having a, a good smart lock with maybe a ring door camera and all this other stuff is probably a lot easier on your operations where you can focus on the guest experience and providing other revenue streams to your business and the local, you know, businesses that you partner with and all this other stuff. So trust and safety with that, what, what do you see this turning into for the professionalism of, of the industry? You know, you said you want short STR to become part of hospitality and a bigger chunk of the pie sense. Um, so what do you guys see this kind of going?
1: So, you know, it's funny. I actually recorded um, a, a, an event with uh, Michael uh, Shogren the other day yeah. and he pointed guy. out specifically, and he was talking about the difference between are you running a site hustle or are you growing a business? And so and I loved his usage of this term because that's exactly what you just kind of said that those people it's a trend and they want to be doing it but they might be neglecting um, a lot of those things so mm-hmm. I think I, I think that the operators they're gonna keep it at two to three properties it pays the bills maybe four or five I can even quit my job mm-hmm. and I can be the cleaning and the and the check-in and process the cards and stay only on airbnb and do that in-person check-in i mean you're most likely not going to have a fraudulent gang booking with you and Mm -hmm. running some crazy drug ring from from your property (laughs) but but even those small operators that want to be growing and and you did point out that you know i'm I'm implying that the short-term rental space is growing i don't think it's my hope i think that's kind of the reality we're seeing and we need to we need to be ready for it yeah so the short-term rental space and traditional hotels are converging. Mm-hmm. You might have short-term rental operators that don't like that and, you know, claim to be on two different sides and you have traditional hotels that really don't like this and claim to be on two different sides. Yeah. But yeah. the forward thinkers from both of those, let, let's call it, you know, groups, yeah. 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 we're talking to STR companies that are big and growing. And they're saying, I want, I'm using AutoHost and other tools. Because I want to be more like a hotel. And then we have hotels saying that, you know what? We're going to start removing the front desk. or minimizing some hours or replacing the locks and fixing up or automating our screening. Because we want to be more like short-term rental operations. And so it's, it is converging. It's not even my hope. I love that it's happening because I think that it's a process. And I mean, we're witnessing this happen which is really cool. Technology, though, will play a big part of it.
0: Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. I think the hybrid model or, you know, the what we've we called it before, the the line is blurring for sure when it comes okay. to, you know, traditional, especially that's where I started, you know, being in a traditional hotel where you get the magnetic striped key that you have to check in on and it always demagnifies because you have your cell phone next to it and all this other <laughs> stuff uh to and you wait for the green light yeah exactly and now today you know i'm so used like even at home i've implemented most of the tech that we have at our properties so it's like the simple keypad locks and all this other stuff so uh, i think you're 100 percent right and couldn't be more spot on uh-huh. and
1: And by the way, that's amazing, not just for us as the the operators and you know this industry it's amazing for guests because you yeah. get such a hybrid and such a huge array and spectrum of options. It's not just a boxed hotel room with a mini bar and that's it, yeah. or a huge apartment. you get all these hybrids you get you know a little one bedroom with a small kitchenette and you get hotels that are adding apartment like suites and you have Short-term rental places that recognize that people want to stay for medium term or just one night, and they need some hotel accommodations. Like I don't know, yeah, I don't blinds <laughs> and a business desk and you know good Wi-Fi because it's used for business travel and sure. and whatever that is. So I think that the winners of this trend is still consumers. It's still travelers. So hospitality is going in a good direction.
0: Amen. I can agree more. Well, Ella, I love to give everyone the opportunity to not only do like a shameless plug or shout out, but to kind of direct everyone that's listening to this episode that wants to learn more about you, more about AutoHost. where can they go? What's the number one spot that you want to send everybody?
1: Ooh. So, I mean, I, I mean, our website is autohost.ai. I think that for general information, you can, um, you can definitely check us out there. We have a lot of, I mean, resources and 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 other stuff um we actually if we're you know going for a plug it's, it's interesting i didn't mention this before but we've had a lot of i talk a lot about larger operators and scaling and companies and even the, the tool that you've seen is is the full auto host package mm-hmm. what we actually released about a month ago and right now it's kind of we have some we're slowly rolling this out press release um is either coming up or maybe i guess when this airs already did come out but we released a starter edition so what we saw was a lot of operators saying you know what I'm not on a PMS right now. I don't have a way to magically sync reservations and get everything to be completely automated, but I recognize the need for screening. Mm -hmm. Actually, operators would say eight properties, which is rare. We don't have a lot of clients with eight properties. um, It's something that they can still do. So a really cool plug that I'd like to throw in is our website. Um, So starter.autohost.ai is actually a self-serve portal that you can log into create an account and it's just pay as you go, use whichever validations you want, but with a quick setup, anybody can go ahead and set up a a quick link. So that guest portal you're referring to the amazing guest experience flow. Mm -hmm. Hi, Will, thank you for booking. Please upload your ID. Please agree to rules, all of these things. You can actually do that without being fully integrated, you know, into all the different tech tools. So I think that this is something that we're going to, try and start making people aware of it a little bit more just because i think it's what you said those smaller operators the need is there they're recognizing that okay i want to be responsible i want to screen but i'm not big enough to integrate with autohost so autohost starter is actually exactly why we did that we want to make that available to everybody the costs are not gonna add up and so that's uh, something that i would really love to to push and then if people have questions about that. That's where we're there, right? So, I mean, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, Ella Majiborski. you'll see me on the show. You can always email us at info at autohost.ai. Follow us on Facebook, on LinkedIn. And uh, we're, we're approachable. We like we like questions.
0: Perfect. Well, everyone knows I plug everything in the show notes. And I love the starter pack. I think that's a really good idea. Um, I know a lot of people that are getting into the space, whether well, they're just wanting to self-manage some investment properties or anything. So that's a really good resource for anyone who's just yeah. like, like, even uh, before we took over, my parents, yeah, I would have given that to my parents, like, hey, at least plug this into your Airbnb so that way well, you can have,
1: so, yeah. You know what? I have a very, very good friend that left on a trip for a few months, and they rented out their place on Airbnb. Mm-hmm. They know what business I'm in, but I mean, yeah. it's, it was a innocent. I mean. Personal rental. They're not on auto host or anything. And they came back and the place was just trashed. There oh. were drugs everywhere. Oh. Their closets were raided. There was smell of smoke in kids' closets. Oh. It was an Airbnb booking. So the payment was guaranteed, mm-hmm. which is the mm-hmm. interesting part. We get a lot of, you know, well, Airbnb is safe. The payment was guaranteed, but the place was actually destroyed. Mm-hmm. And and I was just, I mean, their, their IDs were stolen, credit cards, identity theft was a concern. We sat there on the phone with them and trying to, you know, kind of go through everything that they should be doing from a responsibility perspective. But the shame that I had of, I'm the co-founder of Autohost and this good friend of mine just had this happen. Why couldn't she just go ahead and generate a link and have them go through it, have an ID on file, have a facial recognition, have a credit card deposit. They would have never passed it. They would have looked at this and said, you know what? That's too much hassle. I'm going to book somewhere else. And so that's also part of the just, uh, we want this available to individual operators, smaller ones, you know, keep your property safe so you can grow your business. That's going to be a good thing that we
0: achieve. 100%. Well, stories like that are really like what keeps, I think people like you, myself, uh, very motivated to keep doing what we're doing. So I think uh, there's a lot, like you said, there's a lot that we can do, but now that you guys are creating, you know, simple, you're, you're seeing problems and you're solving them. That's what happens. Like, yes, it's really unfortunate that they saw that, but at the other day, what'd you guys spin off something that exactly that they needed and you can hopefully avoid uh, with other operators in the, in the industry and around the world. So I think that's really incredible. Awesome. Okay. Well, Ella, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Everyone, of course, knows there's going to be everything in the show notes. So click them, follow, like and subscribe, you name it. And we'll see you guys all again next week.
1: Thank you so much for listening. We love your support and want to provide the best we can to all our listeners. So please find us online, social media and on Spotify, Apple Podcast and Google Podcast.
0: Smart locks, smart thermostats, automation, and a solution for any hotel and vacation rental company. Our show partners at Operto are the leading solution for operators to enhance their operations by integrating with your property management software and making sure that all your smart devices create a contactless guest experience while streamlining your operations. So don't forget to check them out on their website, send me a message, or just let them know that we'll send you and you are in good hands. So get ready to enjoy another episode of Slick Talk to Hospitality Podcast and check out operto.com or go to the podcast website and see our partners page.